kind of grown to expect that every single year. Every every team is, is highly competitive. Um, that's why you know it's unique this year and that we're not playing as much as many times head to head. So we'll see how it shakes out at the end. Yeah, I think Kevin Cash is right. I don't think we uh, necessarily did anything, Kevin Barker, other than assume that the American League East was going to be a bear in 2023. But I got to tell you the truth. At no point did I think that on May 22nd, we would be sitting here with the Toronto Blue Jays in last place in the AL East. Eight and a half games back from Tampa Bay. They play the Rays in a four-game series starting tonight. 640 is the first pitch right here on Sportsnet 590. Fan. That was Kevin Cash, the Rays manager. Kevin Barker, they're eight and a half back, and they don't face the Rays again until the end of September when they also happen to face the Yankees. So, so we're 47 games in, and all of a sudden now standings matter? No. But kind of. Here's the thing. Normally, I would say the standings don't matter. But given the fact that because of the new, what do you want to call it, rebalanced schedule MLB's using this year, I mean, the fact of the matter is you just don't have the opportunities to go head-to-head and make ground up on teams that are in front of you. You just don't. You have fewer games against them. And as a result, yeah, I think games against... Tampa Bay and the Yankees right now mean more than they would have if we were looking at last year's schedule. Yeah, I think all these games matter, right? I, I think no matter what the team is, it's you have to play the team that's in front of you. Like the schedule anymore, you just shouldn't look at it anymore. Like you just need to go out every single day and try and win a series. And they need to play better. Like they need to coach better. Uh, they, I, I've never seen them. i got to be honest with you. I played how many Seasons I played winter ball. I've never seen a manager go out and have to take a pitcher out because he forgot the pitching coach went out. I've never done, I've never seen that before. So, right. you know, it's just it's one of those things where I think they they need to their best guy needs to start being their best guy in their lineup. Their pitching, their starting pitching's been really good, right? Some guys at the back end of the bullpen probably need to pitch a little bit better. They need to do the little things to beat these really good teams. If they start doing that, they'll start making up some ground. If they don't. The teams that are in front of them, the Orioles are legit, Jeff. Like, they're legit. The Red Sox are a little bit better than we thought they were. If the the rotation for the Red Sox starts to figure things out and be consistent like they think they can be, they're a good team, too. So, yeah, it's... It's right in front of you. I think you got, if you're the Jays, if you're a Jays fan, I think we got to stop looking at the schedule. Just look who's right in front of you. Play that night. Play better than that team plays. If you do, you're going to beat them because you have a lot of talent. And... If you don't, you'll probably get beat. I think it's really, for me anyway, it's that simple going into these games, especially American League East, the Rays. Rays are really good at home. They think they can beat anybody. you got to go in there and feel the same way, play a good baseball game. If you do it, you'll have a good, decent chance of beating them. Okay, let's uh, let's take let's take care of some business here for you. Let's get this set up. The uh, Orioles beat the Jays. They swept the Jays in three games this weekend. The Jays are 25 and 22. I mentioned the rate and a half back. Tampa Bay is 34 and 14. This is a four game series starting tonight. First pitch is at 640. So you are listening to Blair and Barker. We will be on from 5 to 7 on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet 360 for the rest of the summer. Of course, you can always catch us via podcast. Tonight, we will be on until 630 because it's a 640 start. As I mentioned, normally we will be on until 7. Mr. Barker and myself will be around for Blue Jays talk immediately following the game as well. So uh, we are your pregame show. 
and we are going to be interactive. We've got what we call the back leg line. Regular listeners will understand this. If you're new, welcome. The number is 416-413-3959. It's your chance to leave a question or a comment for Kevin. Uh, I've said in the past, you can leave recipes, jokes, whatever. 416-413-3959 ahead of a four-game series between the Jays and the Rays. Chris Bassett will be on the mound for the Blue Jays, taking his 27 consecutive scoreless inning streak to the mound. Trevor Kelly, the opener for the Tampa Bay Rays. Brian Anderson, the Rays TV analyst and former Major League pitcher, will join us. So, Kevin, we've got a lot to look ahead to. We'll also take our weekly look around the AL East, get you set for what's coming up in the East this week. But we do have to look back at that series against the Baltimore Orioles, which was, frankly, nothing short of embarrassing. I mean, you cannot put it any other way. You mentioned John Schneider, the manager, having to take Alec Manoa out of the game because he forgot that his pitching coach made a trip to the mound earlier in the inning. Now, keep in mind, this is an organization. This is a, this is a dugout that has about a bazillion dudes in it. And khakis. This is a dugout <laughs> that has a guy who is an interpreter mm-hmm. for a guy who does commercials in English in the dugout. So all I'm saying is there are enough brains and enough memories in that dugout to yell and scream and say, that don't go out there. Somebody should have said, absolutely, dude, do not going? go out there no. unless you're going to take him out. Even more to the point, the bench coach, Don Mattingly, did the same damn thing when he was the Dodgers manager. Yeah. Now, that is, listen, that's not why they were swept in four games. They were no. swept because, what are they, uh, runners in scoring position. I mean, my God, they're, uh, I, 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 I mean, I don't even want to know. They're, they're hitting 121 with runners in scoring position for in the last lot. six games. Yeah, they were a grand total of five for 31 on the weekend with runners in that scoring didn't help. position. That did not help. Orioles are a better team right Oriole, now. They're Orioles, a better team. Orioles are a better team. They are. They have a better lineup than the Jays right now. They're lefty the hitters Jays are better. Were, than the the Jays were sloppy on the base paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Chapman, I mean, that was a tough play at the plate uh, in, on Saturday, but he didn't clear the lane. Ball bounced off Austin Hayes. Orioles went on to win that game. Starting pitching was good. Starting pitching was good enough to win. The Jays, though, the Jays, though, Kevin, they've lost 10 of their last 11 games in the AL East. I know they were 4-6 and six in the homestand. They've lost 10 of their last 11 games in the AL East. And, and, and again, this was, yeah, this was nothing short of embarrassing. It, it was an embarrassing homestand with embarrassing decisions and... Just a, it was just a bad look. You can almost say they a look like bad. They look. look like a last place thing. Well, they certainly did. They're well. Listen, how's that? There is, there is no. This isn't bad luck. This is the healthiest team. This team has been the healthiest team yeah. in the AL East. Now today they put Santiago Espinal on the IL and brought up Otto Lopez. Not but an everyday guy large, anyway. Yeah. By and large, the only thing this team has suffered from is a virus that's gone around. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are, I mean, the Yankees basically almost ran out of everyday players. Mm-hmm. Boston's pitching is still kind of being held together by gum and binder twine and, and, <laughs> and tape. You know, who the hell knows about Tampa Bay? They just seem to have a lot know, of really good players. Yeah. And Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore's been pretty healthy, but they've also had, they had earlier in the year, some of the guys they were counting on to lead their rotation had hiccups. So no, no excuses for the Blue Jays here. 
They stunk on that homestand. I liked Alec Manoa. I like Danny Jansen catching him. I, I like the balance of the, the four-seamer and the sinker. I thought that was a big deal. You look at his last start, he threw way too many sliders. When your slider's not good, why throw it over and over again? That may have something to do pushing the button. Maybe Danny Jansen, that's one of the things. It didn't really seem like the, the, the target that he was throwing to had anything to do with it. It was more of, if you don't have a pitch, throw the other two, which mm. is the two that you could probably command a little bit better. That way, when you do throw a slider, maybe you can get away with one of them. I do believe why John Snyder came out there is because he was yelling at Frazier, right? You know, his, his pitcher was having a good start, which is a yeah. good thing, right? You sort of need Alec Manoa to figure it out and start having consistent yeah, outings. I have, I have that are, no that are good. idea what he was doing I, yelling I would, at Adam Frazier. I, no idea. I, I, just, I don't even really care because that's sort of Alec Manoa, and when he's going well, that's sort of what he does. So I don't really care if he's yelling at him or not. Maybe Frazier said something to him, and he didn't like. I don't really care about that. I, th- I would assume, I haven't asked John, but I would assume that's why he ran out there, right, is to sort of say, hey, and, he, and that's, you know, just things sort of got out of control, and he forgot that Petey walked, had already been out there. That's, there's no excuse for it. No, Again, there's, there's 15 people in the dugout should be knowing better, and there's people all over the place. Yeah, the optics of the whole thing with the Yankees, that didn't look good. Now the Orioles coming in here and, and – you know, the guys that you counted on, Vladdy, Jordan Romano. Uh, Jimmy Garcia. Jimmy Garcia. I mean, where's the four-seamer at from Jimmy Eric Garcia? Swanson. All Eric we did Swanson's. was yell and scream about the velocity on Jimmy Garcia in the WBC. Where's that at? Eric like, it's not, it hasn't been good. I mean, they're they're killing Kevin. the four-seamer. So now you need to go away and do something else, Jimmy Garcia, because they're going to need him. Their most reliable setup guy, Eric Swanson's given up six earned runs in his last three games over two and two-thirds innings. Yeah, he, he gave up three in his first 20 Throws 93. Innings. Throws 93. When you throw 93 and the word's out that that's how you're going to get people out so with the split finger tunneling off that, now you have to be finer. The, the location of those things have to be better because now really good hitters are looking for it. And when they look for it, and it's not in the location that you want it to be in, right, and they're abusing him because they've, they've had to. I mean, they're throwing him a lot. So when you throw it a lot, it's not breaking the way you want it to break. It's sort of been looking the way it's going to look. And that just gets back to their lineup, Jeff. I've said this to you for a while, that (laughs) I understand the rotation is going to probably take them where they want to go, wherever that is. They're in fifth place now, so it's going to have to pick up a little bit. But you look at the lineup, and and the lineup's out already. I, I don't understand the Dalton Varsity. All right, thing. well, let's just hang on. Let's let's give people let's give people the lineup before we get into it. I've got it here. George Springer's leading off in right field. Bo is batting second at short. Vladdy is at first base, hitting third. Matt Chapman is in the cleanup spot at third base. Dalton Varsho, what Kevin Barker's talking about, hitting fifth in left field. Alejandro Kirk's behind the plate. Whit Merrifield at second. Danny Jansen's the DH. Kevin Kiermeyer is in center field. As we mentioned, Santiago Espinal has gone in the 10-day IL. And um, uh, uh, Otto Lopez has been called up. So uh, let's talk Let's talk about the lineup going into this series. Now, a couple of things need to be said about the Orioles series. There were, to my way of thinking... Other than Bo, who continues to do both things and is just crazy, got a crazy good level, crazy good run right now. Yep. A couple of there were, I thought, a couple of positives, and this gets to the lineup in the minimum. Mm-hmm. One, George Springer, six for thirteen, a double and a home run on the weekend. He's hitting thirteen of sixteen games. Looks this younger. 
he he's he getting does. he looks a little more like George. He Brady. does. Yeah. Alejandro Kirk, five for fifteen in his last four games. He still only got six six extra base hits all year, which is just uh, just mind blowing to me. He is. There's two things Alejandro Kirk does: rolls over or hits an opposite field single, mm-hmm. or sometimes an infield single, which I just don't get. But those are the only really those are the positive things I I, I saw out of the Danny lineup Jansen this was weekend. good too. Offensive. Danny Jansen was good. Danny Jansen's going to do Danny Jansen things. He's going to go in a roll. He's going to have four good games together. Then he, you're not going to notice him for He's two or three need to or hit five. Twenty homers exactly. But let's talk about this lineup right now, and then then we're going to play a clip from Kevin Kiermaier. He was asked about sort of the mood in the Jays clubhouse, but I want to talk about the lineup right out of, right out of the gate here, Kevin. Like, I don't understand what's the option. I, who cares? Like, like he, Dalton the, the last right time now. I saw Dalton play, he hit seven. So what? Why, a while of a sudden when you're facing an opener who you may not even face, and then a dude coming in is left-handed and Fleming. Like, why? I don't. I, I understand that you're hitting about 60 points higher against a lefty. I get it because the elevated fastball thing and the fastball in, they have a little tougher time doing it when you're left-handed. I get it. I'm sure that's why but, he's doing it. Well, I'm sure it's bat path, but he's still hitting like 160 with runners in scoring position. He's hitting fifth. How many times you think tonight, tomorrow, the next day, he's going to come up with dudes on base? That That's the thing, right? Nothing against Dalton because Dalton will probably turn into what everybody wants him to turn into. But right now, He's not, and there's better options. There, if you had any other opportunity than right now to do what you've been yelling and screaming with, to put maybe Kiermaier in the two-hole or Whit Merrifield in the two-hole, Whit probably today because there's lefty throwing, that'd be a nice option, and put Bo in the cleanup spot. You know what that'd do? That'd move everybody down. That'd be playing for the big inning, which they don't seem to want to have because of who's the way they're sort of – making out their lineup and the way they're putting dudes in positions. Don Varsho has more bats with runners in scoring position than anybody on the team. Which you, you do, do, not do you want, want. Do you want that? No. And 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 I will say this. There, runners in scoring position as a stat, there's always a certain amount of luck involved in that. There is. There's always a certain amount of luck I think him and Wood have the most at bats. They're, they're, not, yeah. they're not run producers. Well, no, but what I'm going to say is, you know how you kind of try to – Make luck work for you. You change things up a you bit. Do. Now, we've talked to John Schneider about this. John Schneider, and this is, this is we know that there's, we know that there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to the lineup. There just are. There are, there's a, there's a lot of information going in, a lot of stuff going on. And John Schneider has told us both on and off the record that one of the things he wants, one of the things he believes, he believes in consistency. That, Rightly or wrongly, he is not a fan of mixing up your lineup. And I'm okay with that. And we don't know last, whether or please. not, we don't know whether or not, does Bo want to hit cleanup? I mean, in the past, yeah, I've been told, I've been told he doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been told. Uh, but he'd rather not, but it's helping again, the team if it, he did. Exactly. Yeah. Again, this is, this is the way. John Schneider manages. And I will say this further to your point. I am in last place. I have had my you-know-what handed to me by the three teams in front of me. Boston kicked the snot out of me in that series. The Yankees embarrassed me and basically thumbed their noses at me. The Yankees manager told, told my, yelled at my pitching coach that he was an idiot and told him to shut up and sit down. Eh? The Baltimore Orioles would just come in town and they won a game in 11 innings without using any of their good relievers mm-hmm. and basically emptying their bench. 
So, yeah, I, if you're looking to make a move, what? You make a move tomorrow if you lose to the Rays? Do you make a move in two days if you lose two games to the Rays? I, I'm not. I'm not saying it, it would even help, but wh- why not? Like it, it's like the Danny Jansen thing. <laughs> why uh, what, with Manoa? Yeah. Why not? Like it's to the point where you're just trying to play for the big inning. Do you really think the way it's made out with the way Vladdy's sitting with runners in scoring position, and you know basically it's got to be on that plane now. If it's a little up, it's a little down. Seems to be Vladdy's either late or he's out in front of everything. So why not that's, try a little something different? So that's kind of the situation right right now. We mentioned the uh, Jays did not have a good homestand. Four and six. Again, yes, they swept the Braves. They didn't fare well against the American League East. They've won 10 of their last 11 games against the American League East. They are where they deserve to be. They are the worst team in the American League East. Standings don't lie. Yep. Standings do not lie. This is the worst team in the American League East. It's the worst team in the best division of baseball. Yep. No doubt about it. This was Kevin Kiermaier before the game today. He is, of course, returning to Tampa and uh, he is one of the few one of the few guys I would say that can look at what they've done, Jay's players, look at what they've done through the first six weeks and say, <laughs> I've carried I've carried my share Plays of the load. Defense, I've carried my share of the load. This is Kevin Kiermaier. We're not in a good stretch right now, but I you know, once again we look around our clubhouse, uh, we got all the pieces to the puzzle to, to make it happen. We just have to we have to play better. I feel like everything that could go wrong for us lately has. Um, and that's the way baseball goes. But at the same time, we create luck for ourselves, and, and we got to be better, plain and simple. But uh, we got great attitudes in there. Guys are always putting their work in. Uh, there's no question about that. But, you know, when the lights turn on and, and the game happens, we got to do a little bit better job of executing at a higher level. So that was Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, he ain't lying. Before the game. No, he's he not. You know, you know, for me anyway, you know why uh, the Yankees have turned it around? You know, you know, you know how many... You know how many home runs that Aaron Judge has hit in the last 12 games? Yes. Seven. Seven. You know, I mean, you, you know what, uh, you know what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is hitting in May? I think it's like 264. Who cares? I do two, know this. Two homers and like 12 RBIs. That's not good enough, right? That the No homers, the re- no homers at the Rogers. The Center. reason why Oof. I think that you can really turn this thing around is you need your aircraft carrier to be that a lot of the time. That first month of the season is sort of trying to get your feet wet. May should be the time where you're getting frisky. Like, everything should be working the way it should be working. You should be taking pitches you're supposed to be taking. You shouldn't be having your manager come out and say he's trying too hard. You shouldn't be doing that. And Oh, he's, this, not, he's, not, is, he's not a 20-year-old kid. He's not a 20-year-old kid anymore. And he finished second in the MVP race. Like, he's been around long enough to know not to try too hard. So, again, it, he's had a good season. Just hasn't been that season where I've, I've, we've had enough of this. Like, I, I will go in and do my job, and then everything else will sort of take care of itself. And you got to look at this now. I said the thing, the Varsha thing, moving around. It may not matter until Vladdy starts being Vladdy. Like, the Vladdy we saw two years ago. Like, just <laughs> where everything he's hitting is going somewhere really far. And he's doing something big. And he said five or six RBI games. That's what he needs to do. Like, those, those guys that do that. That's why I brought up the judge thing. You sort of see how when Judge starts doing his thing, Rizzo starts doing his thing. Volpe's hitting more homers. Like, it just sort of falls into place, right? And then you don't have Kevin Kiermaier coming out and saying we need to do better. That This is sort of, right, it's when you're in last place, when you're supposed to be one of those teams that, that has a chance to go in the World Series, 
This is one of the best players on your team need to go home and look in the mirror and go, maybe I'm a part of this. Maybe I need to do better. Maybe I don't need to be so excited about a sack fly with the bases loaded when I'm pinch hitting. That's sort of where we're at here, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's not really fair for me to come on here and say this with the year that he's had. But, man, he means a lot to this lineup, Jeff. Like, he, he Bo can't do it all. Every once in a while, Vladdy has to have like a four or five game stretch where it's just Vladdy and he's winning games. Where'd that at? I do want to talk about the sloppiness we saw this weekend uh, because going into games against Tampa, one of the things you know about Tampa, generally Tampa plays clean, crisp baseball. You have to they be. pride themselves on that. Yep. You know, yesterday, I mean, Brandon Belt makes a base running, base running error and a ball right in front of him. Uh, no Kevin Biggio, Kevin Biggio overslid a bag. Slide feet first. Bingo. Uh, we, You're going to wear that thing. We saw that throughout throughout the homestand. There just seemed to be there just seemed to be plays not made. And I keep thinking back to that leadoff single by George Springer, where he's throwing out trying to stretch. This team, to me, Kevin, is really. They are playing like a team that is just wound so tightly. Mm, you could say that. And and what do you do about that? I, I would. What I would. Do you do I would do something that? with the lineup. That's just me. I, I I think it's to the point where George looks like George now. His bat looks quicker. Looks like he's getting the foot down a little sooner. Looks like it's freer and easy. He's not forcing bat speed, which is what lesser hitters do other than George Springer. He's starting to let the ball travel a little bit. He's hitting it where it's pitched. It just looks easier to him. Bo's doing both things. We just mentioned Vladdy. Then there's everybody else. And everybody else other than Kiermaier, and I guess you could throw Whit Merrifield in there. I mean, but Whit Merrifield's not a run producer. So you try and figure out ways to get the right guy up at the right time. And I even asked that to John. I'm like, can you guys figure out when that dude comes up the most times? And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like I'm supposed to know this. Well, the only reason I ask the question is because basically you're running the same lineup all the time. When your team's in last place and when the dude that has the most at-bats, and that's the only reason I asked him the question, mm-hmm. is because I knew how, who had the most at-bats with runners in scoring position. So why do you keep running him out there? That's the only thing, right? And again, I'm not trying to pick on Dalton. It's not Dalton's fault that he let off the season. It's cleanup. It's not a cleanup hitter. It's too much to ask. Well, this organization, we've talked to this really organization. Really not. This so, organization doesn't have a cleanup. They don't. I mean, Brandon Belt. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Belt's put a nice little run together, but come on, they don't. And I and I do. And I have been on teams before where you see how good the starting pitching is, and it's really good. Like most of the time, they give them a chance. Now, again, the the fourth and fifth guy looks like the fourth and fifth guy against really good teams because they're supposed to look that way. But that's okay. Right? If that, you, absolutely, you, that's okay because it is. your first three starters, hopefully. Your first three starters are good enough that when you need to rely on your bullpen for one of those starts with the fourth or fifth starter, they're they're available. And I don't know about you, but Danny's getting quite a few more starts with Manoa. Oh, there's no doubt. Me. There's no oh, doubt there's about no that. I will tell you what I I'll tell you what I would do. I'll tell you what I would do. I'll tell you what I would. If I were the Jays right now, <clears throat> I would be bringing up whether it's Heineman or whoever a, a, a catcher from AAA. I'd carry three catchers right now. Because I'm getting nothing out of Kevin Biggio. I'm not going to turn this into bash Kevin Biggio, but I'd bring three catchers up. I'd say to Danny Jansen, you're handling the bulk of the workload. Alejandro Kirk, you're going to DH. And then 
will kind of make it work with that third catcher. I want Danny Jansen catching as many guys as I possibly Makes can. Makes sense. As I possibly can Does. right now. Um, and I don't know, you know, listen, I don't pretend to know whether or not that will be, that's where this is going. But, um, man, something, something made a difference in Alec Manoa's start. He just looked, I thought the finish was better. I mean, there's still stuff coming and going. He's rotational. I, you could see that, right, in, in the dugout look, when he did the Didn't he kind of look better in about thing. the third, fourth? I, I think he threw more fastballs, inning. Jeff. I, I, think, I think when in doubt, why, why force the slider? Yeah. Like, like, stop pushing it. Like, every once in a while, you have two fastballs. You have a sinker that's pretty good, and you have a four-seamer that you can elevate to lefties, and you can go into lefties. And now he's got the front hip two-seamer that he can throw to a lefty. When in doubt, throw those two. And then all of a sudden, now you can get away with a hanging bad slider to a decent hitter. That's why you throw him. I just think the balance, because of Danny Jansen, was better with the two fastballs. That's what I think. I don't think it had anything to do with the target. I saw him shaking off a couple of times, too. Looked to me like he was wanting the slider, and Danny was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't want to throw that. We've, we've, we've seen it. It's not real good a lot of the times, but we can make it better by locating, making some hitters a little uncomfortable by throwing the fastball. You can elevate it. He's got some good giddy-up to it. Like, he was frisky throwing it. That, for me, just watching it, I think that gave him confidence. That now I can throw my slider and I can get away with it if it's bad. So yeah, and now now again I, I've I've been on the flip side of that where the offense sees how good the pitching is, and they're trying to live up to that. And you grip the bat too hard, you know you you stride your 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 hands follow your lower half. And I said this on Jay's talk. I said it looks like a bunch of dudes with their hands following their lower half when it should be your foot's going one way, your hands go the other. That allows you to see the ball better. The ball travels. You don't chase as much. You can get your pitch. Name a dude in this lineup that doesn't want their pitch other than Bo. Bo, it's it's ground to ear. And then there's everybody else. I got to ask you this. I I look back on the team that Alex Anthopoulos put together, the Braves team that won the World Series uh, a couple of years ago. And there was a lot of discussion about that team, about the, the balance in that team, about how they had hitters who could cover different areas. They were hard to game plan because some guys had weaknesses in one area that were strengths for the other guys. One of the things, and this may be a captain obvious statement, because hitting the high fastball is not the easiest thing to do. But, Kevin, it seems to me that this team in particular, this lineup in particular, is just cannot handle the elevated fastball. They don't like maybe, it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But that's, I mean, maybe there's an analy- so, so, and maybe there's some sort of analytical thing that will say actually no, they're kind of middle in the middle of the path or middle of middle of the. It just looks like that's path. where somebody wants to go when they need a yes. big out, right? That's, oh, it that's sure sort, does. That's sort of what it, it looks sure like. It sure does. Other than Bo, I think you're right. Like, I, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, Chapman is one of those guys. Darton Varsho is one of those guys. Whit Merrifield's one of those guys. Danny Jansen don't like the elevated fastball. No. Uh, Kev Kiermaier, like, there's a plethora of names there but you know what you do you take it like you don't swing at it until you have to swing at it oh oh they're swinging at it like you those are when we've had john on our show he says the exact same thing early in counts hunt yours Mm -hmm. yours is not the elevated fastball until you actually have to choke up and try and fight it off there's not too many pitchers that can throw them for strikes over and over and over again they're doing it with two strikes because you're on the defense and they think you expand that's why they do that. That's why everybody talks about that. This level, it's not mechanical anymore. It's about what you don't swing at. If you get a good pitch because you are super, uber talented, 
the ball will come off your bat like no tomorrow. And I, you mentioned balance, and we'll talk about this early, a little later. You look at the Rays' balance. It's not because they're lefty-righty. It's what you have to do to mm-hmm. them. It's a way. It's early in counts. It's swing counts. It's the breaking ball. It's Josh Lowe doesn't like the heater, so you have to throw him more fastballs than you do breaking balls. Like, there's a lot of different things that have to go right for you to have to have a good start against them. I think that's your point. Yes. It's not because they're lefty or righty. It's just no, because it's- you got a bunch of dudes you'd have to pitch in all different ways balance, to get them out, and it's very hard for a starting pitcher to balance, do, or any pitcher. Balance nowadays goes way beyond, uh, goes way beyond lefty and righty. It does, it really does. Uh, Brian Anderson is the Rays analyst. He's one of our favorites. He'll join us next. We'll get you set for the Rays and the Jays first of four in about an hour's time. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and Sportsnet 360. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker in our new uh, time slot from 5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360. Of course, you can still get us via podcast. If you do, please rate and review. Leave a nice comment for Barker. It means a lot to him. It, I can sleep better at night. He can sleep better at night. The Jays are in Tampa for the first of four games against the Rays. The Jays in a world of hurt right now. Oh, yeah. Lost 10 of it's 11 over. in the American League East. <laughs> The rebuild is about to begin. Oh, don't uh, say I'm, that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Say you're sorry. Hey, the uh, Rays are 21 and four at Tropicana Field. That's they the best are. 25 game home start by any club since the 1979 Montreal Expos. Are also 21 four since 1901. Only the 78 Boston Red Sox have recorded a better start. It's rather remarkable. The Rays are one of only 10 teams since 1901 to win 21 of the first 25 home games, including the fifth since baseball uh, was integrated in 1947. Um, They do have a pronounced home field advantage. Brian Anderson is a Rays analyst, and he joins us on Blair and Barker. Brian, thanks so much for joining joining Kevin and myself. I mean, look, this team's – we talked to you the last time before the Rays were in town, uh, and, and, you know, I've been telling Kevin that it's – I kind of feel bad because we can't call the Rays a little engine that couldn't anymore. The the Rays are like the bullies on the block. They are bullies. And they seem to be bullies, especially at home. And it's – it's always kind of amazed me because, you know, everybody keeps talking about the trop, the trop, the trop. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. And I always used to think, well, then why – if nobody likes a place – we used to have this discussion about Olympic Stadium. If nobody likes this place, why doesn't – like, why do teams still manage to win there? But it just seems as if this Rays team just does everything they need to do to win at home, don't they? They do. And remember this. Obviously, they got off of that historic start at the beginning of the season, winning all those games in a row. And they started at home, played a three-game series, went to Washington for three, and then came right back for a long homestand. So while they were red hot, they were at home. So it kind of coincided. And so they've just been able to keep it going from there. But, you know, this is just an extremely dangerous team because we obviously know that they pitch well, they catch the ball, the the position players, you know, very athletic, so they're able to complement the pitching staff. Uh, You know, so that's, that's a strong area. But then you go to the offense. You go to the offense, and I didn't realize this until this morning in looking things up, but right now the Rays lead Major League Baseball in home runs. Mm. I think everybody knew that. They also lead Major League Baseball in stolen bases. The last team that did that was the 95 Cleveland Indians with Bell, 
Tomey, Eddie, uh, Eddie Murray, uh, Kenny Lofton, Carlos Baiga, that group was the last team that did it. They went 144. That was the strike-shortened year where the season started at the end of April. They went 144 that year, and that's what the Rays are doing right now, leading Major League Baseball in home runs and stolen bases. And I think that's the most surprising uh, characteristic of this team is how strong the offense has been, and we're going on a month and a half now. B.A., is Josh Lowe for real? You know what? Josh Lowe is for real. And what he did, you know, he said last year when he got sent down and came back, that was the best thing to happen to him because he was able to go down and realize what my weaknesses are, where I got exposed, and how do I fix it. And he was able to make those adjustments. He comes into spring training this year, and it's basically him, Luke Rayley, Jonathan Aranda, and Vidal Brujan competing for two spots. And so he had, you know, nothing was given to him. So he was able to put his adjustments into play, and he had an outstanding spring. He's made the team, and now there's a comfort level. There's a lot of confidence and he has been able to take that into uh, the regular season. The way that he's been able to do that is, you know this as well as anybody, that every hitter has holes in his swing. Yeah. And so a hitter's job is to try to shrink those holes down as small as he can. And what Josh has done between last year and this year is he has been able to shrink the holes in his swing. And so the pitches that he couldn't get to last year, he's not always getting to them this year, but he's fouling them off. He's fouling them off. He's fighting for that next pitch, which may be a mistake, and then he's able to capitalize. So he, he's flattened his swing um, at times, especially with two strikes, and he has shrunk the holes in his swing, and he's able to battle you, foul pitches off, live to fight for another one, and then you know he's done a really nice job with two strikes, which tells you that that is part of the approach. You get, get him to two strikes, and, and he's going to battle you, and he's going he's gonna to foul off those tough ones. And so there's no reason to think, um, maybe not the heater that he's on right now, the streak that he's on right now that can be sustained, but he, uh, he's off to a, a fantastic start, and it doesn't look fluky at all. You know, one of the points we made a little earlier in this show is when looking at the American League East, and, and to me one of the things that's really maddening about the Blue Jays is they've been really healthy for the most part. Now, they've had a virus that's gone through and at different times has, has affected George Springer and, 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 and Whit Merrifield. And Matt Chapman and, and Kiermaier. Yep. Sorry, Kiermaier, not Merrifield. Correct, yep. Kiermaier. So they've had this virus that's gone through at different times. But they're almost embarrassingly healthy compared to every other team in the America League East. And including Tampa, when I look at what has happened with Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen, yet I'm looking at the Rays starting pitching. Um, <laughs> what, they've got a 1.93 ERA in their last six games. Opponents are hitting 183 against them. Um, you know, they, they lead the majors in just about every significant category at home. Oh, and by the way, it looks like they may be getting Tyler, Tyler Glasnow back uh, at, at the end of the week. Brian, what is it about this? Not just this organization, but what is it about this group of pitchers that has allowed them to keep, to keep sort of keep body and soul together? Because those are those are a lot of innings that I thought you know, those are a lot of innings that have needed to be made up by people who probably didn't expect to have to make up those innings. Yeah, well, there's no question, and I think that that, that first you look to the front office and you realize that they understand the importance of building depth and quality depth, and that's something that the Rays have been able to do, and then through 
you know, some roster manipulation and roster churn. You can get some guys that, that, that have a, you know, have a little niche as an opener. You know, Jalen Beeks is an outstanding opener. He, he's good in other roles too, but you, you want to pair him with a right-handed pitcher. You can, you know, send him out there for two innings. He gets it off to a great start. And then here comes the next guy. I think they do a great job of game planning. Um, and it's just, it's the quality of arms. It's the game planning and it's having guys that can execute it. And that's what, they, that's what they do. They know what they're looking for when it comes to pitching. You know, what characteristics, what attributes, what, what their pitches do. They, they have a formula that has it's been tried and true for a long time now. So they know what they're looking for. And maybe some other teams miss out on these guys. Or maybe they're being misused. But the Rays bring them in. They tinker with them. And all of a sudden, they become Jason Adam 2022. Mm. Uh, and so... You know, it's just the formula here works. And, you're, you know, you hear people talking, you know, behind the scenes. You're, you're, you're talking to a player that, that comes to this team, and they're like, yeah, everybody said that I would, I would love it here. Um, they get the best out of you. They maximize your potential and your talent because they know how to, how to kind of unlock what you do very well, and they, they do a great job of limiting your weaknesses. And, and that, you know, it's just – it's just the formula that works, and that's why they're able to do it. And not to mention the confidence. If you're a raised pitcher, you, you, you're almost automatically confident. Like, we do this better than everybody else. That's kind of the mindset, and sometimes that's half the battle is believing you can do it. And then you watch them go out there and, and do that. I, I see uh, Yandy Diaz got 11 home runs already. You start digging into his stats. You, you look at when he's hitting them. It's like swing counts, B.A. You, you, you know those whenever you're, you're trying to pitch to a guy and you're, you're thinking swing counts. You want to get him on the negative, right? Thinking about just putting the ball in play instead of driving a ball. You see when he hits his homers, 0-0, 1-1, 2-1. Those are swing counts. Those are when you're getting frisky, right? How's he been able to do that? Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> it literally is just a, a, a mindset and approach. That's the wonderful thing about Yandy Diaz. When, when they went out and traded for him from Cleveland a couple years ago, what they loved about him was he hit the ball hard <clears throat> excuse me, consistently. He hit the ball hard consistently. And they thought, you know what, we're not going to come in. We're not going to change him, try to get his launch angle up. We're just going to let him come in, and we're just going to let him hit the ball hard and do his thing. And then over the last couple of seasons, you started to see him tweak his game to where now all of a sudden – He's able to, you know, take that hard hit ability, line drive through the middle and go the other way. But with his size and strength, he has now, through further development, through getting to know the league a little bit better, he understands when it's now time to turn it loose. And, and that's great that you mentioned those counts because that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's picking his spots against certain pitchers and in certain counts to turn it loose. He's got a career-high fly ball rate, but yet he still can go up the middle and the other way just like he has before. He just picks his spots now. He's very judicious, and when he does it, again, I love the fact that you brought up those counts because that's what he's been doing, being very selective in certain counts against certain pitchers to try to jump one, and he's been able to do it. And so that's why, and this may not still hold, but as of maybe two games ago, he was leading Major League Baseball in OPS. You know, when you're talking about slug and on-base percentage, and it speaks to the hard-hit ability of him, he's got great strike zone discipline. So you, you have good strike zone discipline, and you hit the ball hard. Okay, there's you got, you got your high average. Good strike zone mm-hmm. discipline, take some walks. There's your great on-base percentage. And then take your shots every now and then, and there goes your slug. 11 homers, some doubles, and that's why that OPS is so high. He really has – developed his offensive game about as well as you can 
I mean, he's just so well-rounded. Uh, you know, you, you do that for a season, you win MVPs. Yeah, B.A., it's like, it's like bookends, right? No lineup has nine dudes who are all going to rake, right? It's, you got to have a, a leadoff hitter and a six-hole hitter, right? Josh Lowe, Yandy Diaz, and then sort of everybody between them just sort of <laughs> falls in place, right? Jays have been looking for that all year, right? And they just yeah. don't have it yet. Yeah, and, and they should. And, and, and they should. You know, when you sit down and you write out that Blue Jay lineup, you're like, this is strong. Mm-hmm. This is strong top to bottom. At least it should be. You know, I'm, I'm so anxious for this series. Um, you know, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, love watching the Blue Jays play. They're 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 a fun team. They're young, uh, enthusiastic, energetic, and all that. And there's always good games between the Rays and the Jays. I mean, they they play tight games, uh, high intensity. You know, so you're looking forward to that. But um, you know, it's, it's, you also know that you're going to get their best shot, or at least you should be getting their best shot. They've lost what I think six out of seven and just got swept by Baltimore. Uh, that's probably not playing too well in that clubhouse. And <laughs> so they're going to come in here and try to make a statement with a guy on the mound tonight, Bassett, um, Chris Bassett, who hasn't given up a run since, I think, the end of April. So, you know, he's throwing the ball as well as anybody in the game right now. The Rays, of course, are going with the opener and the bulk guys. So, at least on paper, the matchup favors Toronto. We'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I can't wait for this one. You made an interesting point in a conversation we had a little earlier about uh, Chad Matola, the Rays, the Rays hitting coach, and how he had called – players in the off season and essentially said to them last year wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And you just talked about, you know, particularly Yandy Diaz. I mean, it, that's exactly what John Schneider has said. He wants to see his guys do is do hit pitches where you can do maximum damage, right? That that's, and it, yep. if that means yep. you're all in one or zero in two, well, well, so be it. It's, it's better to, to, to do that than, you know, roll over or, or just, to have a non a non productive out, was this part of Chad Matola's uh, sort of uh, message to the team in general? I, I think that's exactly what the message was, um, and and one of the poster children for that was um, Wander Franco, mm-hmm. and now he's regressed a little bit here. I think he, he's in a, in a tough little stretch here, but it's because he's doing what he did a season ago. A season ago, Wander Franco has a great idea of the strike zone. And he's got excellent bat-to-ball skills, hand-eye coordination outstanding from both sides of the plate. So he was a guy, if it was a strike, he swung at it. Well, not all strikes are equal. There are Mm -hmm. pitcher's strikes. I can throw you a fastball at the knees down and away, and, yeah, that's a strike, but if you swing at it, I want you to swing at it because I know you can't drive that pitch more than likely, and there's a good chance it's going to be turned into an out. So that's what was happening. And so, yeah, I'm swinging at strikes, but they're pitcher's strikes. So Chad Matola's message was, hey, before you get to two strikes, look for a strike you can drive, you can do damage on. Give, it, give the pitcher strike one. Dare him to do it again. And, and so that was kind of the, 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 the talk and I think the approach and, and in coaching. But you have to have player buy-in. You have to have guys that feel comfortable to do that to give up a strike or two and then to get that mistake or to be hunting from the first pitch. And if a guy throws me a get me over heater outer half, yeah, take a rip at it, come loose. And so that's what's happened and what you've seen. And and you start to see some of these, you know, under the hood behind the scenes numbers start to pop up on swing rates and hard hit rate and all these different things where you can piece together on a guy that the buy-in was real. And this raised lineup, it's a different lineup, the way that they're approaching at-bats, when they're swinging, how often they're swinging, how often they're hitting the ball hard. And obviously that plays itself out in the numbers. 
Brian, really good of you to yeah. join us, man. Thanks so much. Great Be stuff, well. buddy. Thank you. No problem, fellas. Yep, have a great night. Thank yep. you. Have fun. Take care. It's Brian Anderson, Rays analyst, joining us on Blair and Barker. One of the very best in the game. Wander Franco, by the way. Um, you made a point at the start of the year that, and I was with you, I think most people were, that Wander Franco could be, he could be a difference maker in this division. I think we agreed that the mm-hmm. guys who, Luis Severino can be a difference maker in sure. this division. Wander Franco, runners in scoring position. I think you know where I'm going with this. Mm. Runners in scoring position, hitting 167. It's the second lowest in the AL. You know who has the lowest? Dalton Varsha, yep. 161. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, he's, a t- he's a typical young hitter. I was one of those. Lo- loves the hater, don't like the breaking ball. Well, what are you, you going to get when the when the game's on the line? Yeah. And that's that could be the third inning because you're taking money off that that pitcher's table <laughs> because of driving that run in. What do you do? You flip him a bunch of breaking balls. That's when he struggles. Right, six of his seven homers have come off the fastball. That's why you throw him a bunch of off speed stuff when when it's when it's crunch time. So yeah, that really doesn't surprise me. Guys are trying to find their way, right? Franco's able to do this because of the team he's on. And I mentioned the bookends. If you got a guy like Lowe, you got a guy like Diaz who can do things. There's there's no lineup that has nine dudes who are all going to rake. Just doesn't happen that way. But if you can have the the longer your bookend can be, right? If you can get it all the way to the six hole guy, and now you got the leadoff hitter doing things that Yanni Diaz is doing, driving in runs, hitting for the high average, hitting home runs. Everybody else in between can just sort of fill in the blanks and go up there and have fun and get their pitch. And that's, we, we talk about the Blue Jays. Alejandro Kirk's hitting sixth for them. He's their bookend? Nope. Dalton Varshu's hitting fifth. He's their bookend? Nope. Uh, Chapman? Yeah, he was early on right now? Nope. So they're still hunting theirs, right? <laughs> and their bookends are really small. That's the difference between a team that's in first place and a team that's in last place. Yeah, the uh, we mentioned the Rays have really turned, have really turned the drop into a, into a bit of a fit. nobody bit likes of a going there. I mean, it's it's hated. But it around, used to be. It used to be you didn't like going there because it was dreary. And I've talked to Kevin Kiermeyer about playing games there. It's dreary. It's dark. I mean, you just we've got it in the TV sure. right now. But now it's Can't a little pop ups. Now it's a little different. Now it's also because and the Rays have always been a team that pressured you. Right? We talked about that little engine that could. They were always taking the extra bases. Now they're just bludgeoning you. Yeah. Now they're hitting home runs. I had, said they led lead baseball on 91 home runs 91 home runs that's the third most through through a club's first 48 games in mlb history the only teams that have hit more through the first 48 games were the 99 mariners they had 97 the 2000 st louis cardinals had 98 mm-hmm. so we're talking kind of around the steroidish sure era if you pitch to him, you better have you better have wow. both sides of the plate. You better be good with two strikes. You better be unpredictable. Oh oh, because oh oh, they're very aggressive. That's when they do a lot of damage. You got you got to throw your best pitch. No team in baseball history has had ten or more players with five plus home runs before the fifty game mark. This Tampa team does. Huh. They've got twenty six multi home yep. run games. That's ahead of the Yankees. They have fifty. This is think about this. They have 15 games with three-plus home runs. 15 out of 48. So a third. A third of their games, they've hit three-plus home runs. 
Well, it's the right guy in the right spot in Bassett. But you, you again, you gotta well, you, you gotta help him out a little bit and score runs. Now that that gets to my next point. I was gonna say we're, we're we've got about a minute and a half left yep. here before we take a break. Um, but uh, Chris Bassett, we talked about this. Chris Bassett and Kevin Gossman are the two guys I want on the mound right now when when everything's going to hell, just because of the way they are, because they have the. And I can't believe I'm saying this about Chris Bassett because I thought he was going to be a guy who would, you know, we've seen him melt down in the past. Mm-hmm. There, when Chris Bassett's on the mound, it's like it's a bit, the, everything. This is, will be a big test for him. Down. He's going to need all seven pitches. He's going to need him from OO too. OO, OO, they're very aggressive. Some of the guys are very good with two strikes. Some of the guys are really good in, in swing counts. Swing counts are those OO, 1 0, 2 1. You know, you, you want to get a guy just trying to put a ball in play. I just mentioned that to BA. Mm-hmm. They're real good at those certain guys. You're going to have to add and subtract. You're going to have to be unpredictable. OO with two strikes. Going to have to have all seven of them, but I will say this. Sooner or later, the offense is going to have to step up and score some runs. Take a little pressure off so every single pitch is not – you just have to be perfect with it. Hopefully they do that tonight. First pitch is at 640 tonight right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan and Sportsnet will be Trevor Kelly on the mound for the race. Chris Bassett. For the Blue Jays. We like to do a little thing every Monday we call In the East where we take a look around the AL East, look ahead to what may be happening, look to some significant player moves, a little bit of newsy notes and items in every team in the AL East. All of which, by the way, are ahead of the Blue Jays right now in the standings. So we'll do our In the East last place edition when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Welcome back to Blair and Barker in our new time slot from 5 to 7 Eastern. They're going to kick us off at 630. Uh-oh. Because apparently first pitch is 640. They shouldn't. Uh, this is your pregame show. Uh, the back leg line, which is a number that you can call. You can call anytime. Yeah. You don't have to call now. You can call anytime. Just the leave your name. The number is 416-413-3959. Leave your name. Leave yeah. a comment for Kevin and we'll play it. And... Uh, It'll provide uh, you with an opportunity to give us a little feedback. And a reminder, Mr. Bark and myself, we're doing Blue Jays talk following tonight's game as well. Now, every Monday, we like to do a little thing we call in the East, which is our look around the weekend that was in the AL East, but most importantly, the week that is about to happen in the AL East. It gives us a chance to kind of get caught up and, and Keep t- keep tabs on what the other teams in this division are doing, and um, well, any discussion of the AL East obviously, Kevin begins uh, with the Tampa Bay race, and one of the remarkable aspects of the Rays' sprint to the top of the AL East has been their ability to weather pitching injuries. Now we talked about crazy. this with Brian Anderson. It is crazy. It is. Um, Drew Rasmussen, probably done for the year. Jeffrey Springs, done for the year. Zach Eflin missed a couple of starts. Of course, they haven't had uh, Tyler Glasnow for a while. And, uh, and 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 Shane McClanahan, frankly, has not been as good as he has been in the past. And he's he's talked about he's battling some control issues. Yep. So, But if things go according to plan, if things go according to plan, the Rays should be getting Tyler Glasnow back this weekend. 
in time for a three-game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is oh. a nice bit of timing. He uh, has had has looked terrific in his rehab starts at AAA, and uh, the Rays have done kind of an interesting thing. He started AAA, they've flown him back to Tampa, then they've flown him back uh, for his, his AAA start. But the Rays had a bit of a wobble this week, but they're still 11-8 and eight in May, heading into their four-game set with the Blue Jays that begins at 6.30. And as I said a little earlier, these teams, Kevin, don't meet again until the end of September. Huh. You're, you're right. you got to win the games that are in front of you. Yep. But I'm not certain I like this sort of new rebalance schedule. Huh. You don't, huh? No, I'd much rather be playing teams in the AL East more hmm. than, than other teams. You know, I wonder how I wonder how a lot I wonder if you spoke to people if you spoke to Jay's folks at the start of the year and you said this is the way it was going to be and I thought oh, that's great fewer teams in the AL East you know it's a tough division yada yada now though you're almost saying geez I wish we had another 40 games against teams in the AL East to make up <laughs> to make up ground uh meanwhile the team making the biggest move this week is the New York Yankees and they received a major boost Sunday when Luis Severino looked really good, tossed four and two-thirds innings. He was on a 75-pitch limit. This is his 2023 debut. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this. If this guy can get healthy and stay healthy, man, oh, man, he can be a difference maker for the Yankees. And well, I kind of get the sense the Yankees dropped the hammer this week. You know, I think they, they kind of ripped the soul out of the Blue Jays, and then they went into Cincinnati and swept the Reds. And you know, Aaron Boone was asked about that road trip after yesterday's game. Great trip. Um, you know, look, this is, <laughs> it, it's been a tough stretch, you know, 33 out of 34, um, varying degrees of health. You know, we've gotten some guys back, but have been beat up. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about how well this team is competing. Um, their level of, of <coughs> again, walk in with edge, hmm. prepare, hmm. and compete. And they're doing that at a high level right now. And, you know, we're going to continue to get hopefully healthier. And that will continue to help us and and make us stronger. But um, the way this group is competing um, is – is has really impressed me especially through a tough stretch you know where we now we finally get a day off and get to into the homestand and hopefully can do well there now let's talk about the yankees for a minute kevin okay not only did they have that great road trip yeah they got into it into it with the jays coaching staff the whole hate each other they, oh there's no question the science sign stealing thing fish out. uh Pete Walker and uh, Luis Rojas, the Yankees' third base coach, got into it. Aaron Boone. I mean, everybody got into it. John Schneider called Brad Wilkerson, fat boy, all that stuff. Uh, so the Yankees got into it, the Jays' pitching staff. Yeah. They had a pitcher suspended for sticky stuff. They had another pitcher given a second chance yeah, after yeah, being detected with Goop. And then yesterday, God love him, yesterday Aaron Boone, their manager, was tossed in the first inning. Yeah, he's the best For essentially arguing rules interpretations. And he sure. kind of said afterwards that that probably should have you know, taking a different approach. Is that the edge he's talking about? Well, I wanted to ask you that. Uh, you know, the the Reds, mm-hmm. pushing around the Reds is what the Reds yeah, aren't, yeah, the yeah. Reds aren't any good. They pushed around the Jays, too. They got in the Jays' head, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But edge, edge for me for the Yankees is spelled with a J. J-U-D-G-E. That's seven homers in 12 games. Yeah. That, uh, you, Booney can come on there and, and spread that all he wants to spread it. That has nothing to do with it. I've said this about the Blue Jays. Until Vladimir Guerrero Jr. shows up for the season, yeah, I said it, for the season and and is sort of judge-like, the Jays are going to have these ups and downs all year. i tell you this in May, the Yankees, first and homers, 
fourth in RBIs, fourth in runs, third in slugging, and Judge, just like I mentioned, seven homers in 12 games. That's how you do it. That's called edge. That allows your manager to get thrown out in the first inning because they know he knows what they're going to get. Yeah. From those guys, right? Rizzo's got six homers. Volpe's got five. Bader, who's come back and played unbelievable defense, has got four homers. So, And then they got Garrett Cole on the mound tomorrow against the Orioles. That Orioles series in Yankee Stadium yeah. going to be something well, to watch. It is, is going to be yeah. something else. It is absolutely going to be something else. And, uh, well, Aaron Boone was asked about the uh, yesterday at the end of the road trip, looking back to, to whether or not something happened in that Toronto series that kind of dragged the inner Yankee out of oh, the yeah. Yankees, I guess. This was his answer. Is there any extra satisfaction for this road trip, knowing that it began with a lot of controversy and a lot of crazy things happened in Toronto, and you guys played through it and still win six out of seven? Um, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, that's something we try and prepare for all the time and talk about all the time, you know, is is whatever comes our way you know we know we're going to face adversity we know we're going to face highs lows whatever it is we got to be be equipped to deal with it and you know they've they've dealt with it so far well um but we also understand we got we got a long long way to go and we got to keep keep putting our best foot forward but pleased with with how we came out on this road trip and just again control control and that's edge prepare, compete, and we're yeah. doing that. Yeah, don't get caught Edge, peaking. That's prepare, what that means. Compete. <laughs> yeah, don't get Peak. caught peaking. That's what that sounds like, right? They're, they're, they perfected it. Yeah. Like, we, we have, they have video of it. Like, they're, it's, the cat's out of the bag now. Yeah. It's just they execute it better than any team in baseball. It's not cheating. If you can do it and have the big boy well, get it down and hit the ball to the moon, not, it's not do che- it. It's not cheating as long as you're not using anything electronic. Absolutely, to do it. and what it doesn't the, seem what, like they're doing that. What so the Yankees are more doing more power to them if they know, can do it. Yeah, the, listen, they they've kind of mastered the game's darker arts. This is stuff that used to go on all the time. Stuff that pre- still probably goes on more than we think. But you know, it's funny because I asked John Schneider before one of the games about look, how much time do you spend? as a group studying video to guard against this happening sure. in addition to trying to figure out what the other team does. Yeah. And I think we'd be surprised. Like, we'd be surprised at how often the Jays and other teams look at what they do as a means of preventing it from happening. Clearly throw, throw a 98 in somebody's ribs. That, that might, are you surprised? Uh, no, because here's the thing. That, no, is, I'm not. No, that, that you'd have to do it to judge in doing it to anybody else means absolutely yeah. nothing. It'd be doing it to the big fella. And you know what happens? You want to do it to the big fella. And you know what happens if you throw it, Aaron judge, they throw it, you, they throw it Bo. or Vladdy at Bo or, or either or one. Or yeah. yeah. So, so that's the thing. It, it isn't hockey. I understand in, no, in hockey land, not. in hockey land, somebody would throw it, Aaron judge and everybody would get together. We'd have a fight. And nothing would be doesn't happen that way established it uh it uh yeah it it it, that's just sort of not the way it works in baseball uh interesting about the yankees though in addition you you do get the sense that that they as i said they dropped the hammer but they df8 aaron hicks finally getting rid of that he's got a couple of years 30 million dollars left and over 20 million here's where it gets interesting there are whispers out there that they are ready to do the same to josh donaldson now he's had yet another setback in his rehab assignment funny how josh I, always it is. his rehab assignments I, seem to i i love josh you know, love you, know you know i love josh but he's walking up that at that 18th hole yeah. like it's it's i mean it's about time i think they're winning too 
you know, and he he is well, not well it, liked by the fan base and, no. and, and with the Yankees. So you know, it just may be one of those things where why why, why mess with and it? And they like, can do, they can do it because they've got they've got enough guys, frankly, who play cheap now. Severino's helping too. That, that Nestor Cortez yeah. looked like he's turned but, the corner a little bit. You they have Garrett enough. Cole. They, they have, have enough. enough cheap position players that you can suck up Josh Donaldson's salary or you can suck up uh, the salary to Aaron Hicks. Yep. Uh, Barker mentioned Aaron Boone. Yeah, it really was more about, uh, I'm sorry, it really was more about Aaron Judge than Aaron Boone this weekend. 11 for 31, seven home runs in a nine-game hitting streak. He's got three games this weekend against the Baltimore Orioles. He does love him, some Orioles. Speaking of the Orioles, we told you that they're the real deal. Sunday was the year anniversary of Adley Rutschman's promotion. Yeah. They're 98 and 71 in that time. Mm. Kevin Barker. Is he the reason why? Is that a real stat or is that coincidence? That's a great question. I I th- I, I like to think he had something to do with that, putting the fingers down, a little, little breath of fresh air, right? It's, it's go time for us. Tired of losing 100 games. Let's bring up the big boy. And then he shows up and he's the big boy, right? He, he looks like he belongs here. He's been here forever. Yeah, I think there's something to it. Is it is it the be-all end, though? Probably not. I mean, it's accumulation of a bunch of things. I think their organization's turned the corner. I think their bullpen's one of the best in baseball. Mm-hmm. But I think he's helped a lot. He just brings a little bit of that, you know, the – Again, you're in the American League East. I said this about the Jays. You got to be the bullies on the block. Remember 2015? Everybody hated the Blue Jays. Yep. They hated Josh Donaldson. Right? Oh, Don't throw Jose into Josh Batista. Donaldson. I'll throw my bat at you. It was sort of like that intimidation factor. I got to be honest with you. Watching the Orioles for a couple of games, they sort of got that in them. Like whenever they get a hit, they're flipping the bat and they're sort oh, yeah. of flexing and like they don't like teams. I kind of like it. The uh, Orioles, frankly, well, the Orioles embarrassed the Blue Jays this weekend. Can't put it any other way. Absolutely. Basically, they wrapped it up on Sunday, an 11-inning win, using their B relievers. That's Didn't even see Tyler it. Wells either, their nope. best pitcher. They used their B relievers and, and emptied their bench, and it was funny. Cedric Mullins, who had a had a terrific game and a terrific he series, a he was asked about Ooh. what it was like to stand in center field and watch this parade of relievers come out and, and all these bench players take part in the game. And he had kind of a, I thought, kind of an interesting comment. I know you're out in center field, but how aware are you that uh, you're running out of people out in the bullpen and we need to do something here to get this game over with? Uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of creeps up in your head sometimes, especially being in the outfield. You don't know who's up, who's uh, down for the day. But, uh, you know, like I said, again, guys showed up and did exactly what they needed to do for us to put some more runs on the board at the end there. Yeah, Baltimore, boy, they've yeah. got a tough road this week. Three against the Yankees and the yeah. Bronx. Then they've got three against the Texas Rangers, who've really got yeah. it going on. You know, in the you know, you know. Whenever I what, what I heard him saying is that Baker, Batista, Cano hasn't pitched since Saturday. Guess who's, who the Yankees are getting a bunch of? Oh yeah, Baker, Batista, Cano, and that's a big deal. It, it is a big deal. And yeah, this is something Brandon Hyde, the Orioles manager, now has, and he's admitted he did this a couple of times. Mm where he has shut down We're in, second in place. a position to sweep. Yeah. He has shut down Batista and Cano. Just said, I'm not using them oh, today. Yeah. And be, and one of the reasons is because he's looking ahead to September. And he's looking, he's going to have to ride those guys when he get into September sure. and possibly the postseason. So, yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, I mean, they are, they're fun they're to gonna watch. They're going to be a handful. They're going to be a handful for they a are. year. Oh, for no years, question. I should say, in this division. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Red Sox, we haven't talked Ooh. about them. Well, they're ahead of the Jays. They're out <laughs> west this week. They've got three against the Angels, three against the Diamondbacks, and they're kind of like the Yankees. Kevin Barker, James Paxton on Friday. Yeah. First win since August 15, 2020. He hit 98 miles per hour in that game. Chris Sale, yeah. seven innings 
against the San Diego Padres. Had kind of a wobble in the sixth inning, but I don't know if he saw any of that. Struck out Nelson Cruz and Juan Soto and sliders. Made them both look silly. And then then they got got Garrett Whitlock. Has been out since April 22nd with elbow neuritis. Elbow neuritis. He should be back this week. So there you go. There's another team. Um, Top five offense. You you, you figure out your rotation. You got to, you know, you can go out and add a couple of pieces to your bullpen. The the Casas, Tristan Casas is the one guy. For me, you look at him. We saw him here Mm -hmm. when he was with the Jays. Big dude, right? Trying to figure out what his strike zone is, how they're trying to get him out. You flip him a bunch of breaking balls. You speed him up on some elevated fastballs. He's slugging 468 with an on-base percentage of 357 in May. He sort of turned the corner, right? That's what you're looking at. Look at the good lineups. Look at the good teams. They're a top-five lineup in baseball. You have bookends. And the longer that bookend can go, if you got your leadoff hitter, and Verdugo, and then your bookend is sort of in your six or seven hole. Now, all of a sudden, you've got five or six dudes in between that that can just sort of fill in the blanks, and that's kind of nice to watch, right? It's, it's the it's the longer your lineup is, the tougher you are to match up against. Forget about the lefty-righty thing. It's just about guys trying to figure out who they are, and if they ever get a bullpen and figure out one or two maybe guys at the back end of their rotation – that's just a, that's more competition for the Jays when it comes to trade deadline. That that's all that is, right? Now all of a sudden, because the Red Sox are better and the Orioles are what the Orioles are, they need the same exact thing the Jays need. More we're competition. About, we're about twenty five minutes away from first pitch at the Trop. We'll get you there as soon as uh, as soon as we are done. It'll be Chris Bassett on the mound for the Blue Jays. I like that segment. Trevor Kelly. Yeah, the round these is always funny because it's a is. chance to get get caught get up, fired and to let, up to let people know what's. Uh, let people know what's happening. We also have a little thing we call the back leg line, and the number is 416-413-3959. If you're sitting there saying, what the hell's a back leg line? It sounds vaguely pornographic. Well, it really doesn't. The back leg line is uh, Kevin Barker. We call him the mayor of back leg city. It does not sound we call that him, Well, we call him the mayor of back leg city because going back leg is another word for uh, for home run. And uh, it's a 24-hour line. We've got, we've, got love, we've, we've got operators who are always standing oh, yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah. to take your call. Always yeah, standing by to take your, your call. And, uh, again, the number is 416-413-3959. Hey, Ken in Nova Scotia called Ken. In. I have uh, just a couple of comments. Um, number one, you have a closer in Romano. And the last two years ago, you couldn't touch him because he had a fastball. And then he fell in love with a slider. Now, when you have two men on base and you're leading 5-2, why are you throwing sliders? Go with your best pitch. you got to get one man up. And a question for Kevin. The play with Chapman on Saturday, the ball is hit, and the runner on third coming home. What could Danny have done, or what could have Matt done? Should, Dan- should Danny have stepped out uh, towards the pitcher's mound and take the throw and then reach back? Uh, I wait your comment. Great show, guys. Yeah, there's the, the look, I, I think it's about clearing your lanes, right? If if one guy can't do it, the other guy needs to do it. So so yes, any any but they're bang bang plays, right? Those are very hard plays for a catcher to move their feet and set lanes and and those kind of things. And you rush throws and you rush what you're trying to do. Yeah. That, that's what you do, right? When your buddy can't do it, you do it. So you set the lane a little bit better, you give him a better target to throw to, you do that, you get the guy out. I think that's a little bit of what it what it was. The the what was the first comment about the slider? Look. The last couple of outings, he's thrown more fastballs than sliders. Yeah. The, 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 only, the only thing you got to tell him is when he throws a slider, don't throw it down the middle. <laughs> like, I, if you're going to throw it, 
because his fastball is good. And give him credit. He suggested. Yes, it's he obvious has. that they've said something to him. Yeah. That the words out that you throw that a lot, they're going to set on it. A lot of the times it's not real good. It's really not. And the only, well, I think it was o- O'Hearn that hit the home run. Yeah. If he would have been watching – the, first, the very first at bat, I think it was off of Manoa, he hits a linea off a slider to right field. Why would you throw him that? Make him get the head out on 97. Elevate that thing. Crowd him with it. I think that to the caller's point, that's, that's what you're talking about, right, is just because you want to throw it doesn't mean you should always throw it. Because I, I hate to tell people, 97, 98, 99 is hard to hit. If you elevate that as a lefty, ask Dalton Varsho. He don't like he. Because it's hard to get on top of that thing and keep it fair, put it in play. Yeah, so I, look, I, for me, I think this is what it is. You're going to see it. Like, occasionally, he's going to give up a homer on a slider. Just is what it is. Peter in Toronto. Good Over question. the last few years, I've heard many so-called experts in baseball say that the Blue Jays are poor at making in-game adjustments. And I'm just wondering exactly what does this mean? Can you provide some examples of in-game adjustments and perhaps elaborate as to why you think the Blue Jays find making in-game adjustments so difficult? Thank you. I'm assuming he's talking about hitting. That's, that's, that's what it sounds yeah. like, right? It's not about defensive positioning or, no, I mean, you got seven khakis out there. I got to tell you where to go stand. I mean, it just is what it is, right? You're, it's taking all the thought process out of that, even, even now that there's no shift. I think it's about the offensive side of it. I, I think that I, you know what is funny that that the the person that called in asked that. I, I can just remember John Snyder or not John Snyder Gibby. I was standing around the batting cage and I and and we were talking about some hitter and I'm like, well, it was about Smokey, mm-hmm. Justin Smoke. And you know when they when they had the shift and they ran the dude out right. in the outfield and he kept grounding out to the whoever was standing in right field and I walked up to Gibby behind the batting cage and I said, hey, can you tell me a, give me a why, why does he continue to do that? He said, I'll tell you why. That's the way they got to the big leagues. They got to the big leagues doing it one way. They don't, it's probably they don't know how to change and they don't want to change. Smokey's made pretty, made pretty decent money, right? Yep. Doing it one way. He's a pull hitter. It's up the middle to the pull side. If I'm going to, if I'm going to hit a homer, it's normally not going to be the left center or left field line. It's going to be up the middle to the right field line, right? I am who I am. I think, in-game adjustments is sort of that, right? Is a lot of the times these guys can't. That's why you see pitchers going to certain areas over and over and over again. Dalton Varsho, I hate to keep bringing up his name, but it's fastballs in, fastballs up and in. That's his little kryptonite is right there. He leads with the back knee. When you lead with the back knee, your barrel dips more. It's playing catch-up. You swing under the baseball. That's exactly why they throw it up there. I don't think it's because he doesn't want to make an adjustment. Just right now, he has trouble doing that because mechanically, he's just not sound enough to be able to do it. So that's an interesting question that you asked that, and I do think it's accumulation of they either can't, they don't want to, or they're in the midst of trying to. They're trying to squeeze all three of those together and do it against a dude that throws 98 with a big yacker. How's that? And then, of course, once they adjust, the other team adjusts to their adjustment. Absolutely. Well, B.A. just mentioned it there, yeah. right? It's okay to take strike one, even strike two. If I can't hit it, why do I swing at it? I, I will continue to say this. Kevin Brown, when I played, threw me a fastball about seven inches in off the plate. I blew my bat up. Guess where I got nothing but those from then on. I was in the big leagues like another three months. 
That's the difference is if I would have not swung at it and have bled better plate awareness, I just take that. I don't like it. I can't hit it. I'm long-armed. I got an out and around. Sometimes I cast. Why would I even try and hit it? But I was young and thought I could hit everything. So it's a, it's a hitting the baseball is tough. Uh, Chris Bassett takes the mound for the Blue Jays in a few minutes. Uh, his scoreless streak is 27 innings. It's the second longest in franchise history. Roger Clemens had 33 innings uh, in uh, 98. It's the third longest overall. Uh, Dave Steeb had 34 innings from uh, 88 to 99, uh, over the, including the offseason, obviously, from September 13th to April 5th. Uh, Chris Bassett, the right man in the right situation tonight for the Blue Jays? I mean, just by those numbers, you rounded off there. Absolutely. Sinker's got to be good, and, and he's got to have a decent breaking ball, enough of the change of velocity, right? It can be anywhere from 68 to 95. If he conti- continue to throw three or four of the other seven or six pitches other than the sinker for strikes, get him in swing mode. I don't see why it would be any different. Now, would he break that record of 33 innings? That's a lot to ask. Going on the road, doing that, continue to call your own game against a team that can swing it the way they are. They're very aggressive. Yandy Diaz is very, 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 very aggressive. Oh, oh, the quality of that pitch has to be on par. Like the sinker up is a big pitch for Bassett. That thing has to be good. It has to be breaking where he wants it to break. Tunneling long, breaking late. If it does that, he'll give the Jays a chance to win late. Not saying he'll keep them from scoring, but at least he'll give them a chance. And that's his job, right, is to give them a chance late in the game to win against a good team on the road. I think he'll do that today. It is the first of four between the Jays and the Rays. This will be the last time the Jays see Tampa Bay until the end of September. You're disappointed in that. Uh, yeah. And like I said, even though it's early to look at the standings, if you look at the standings, you'll, see, last that, place. you'll see that they're eight and a half games <laughs> back. You do not want to be double digits back of a team when you don't face that team again until September. How many games they play in Tampa? Got to get going. First step begins tonight. Chris Bassett, the right dude on the mound for the Blue Jays. Chris Bassett against Trevor Kelly. Ben Wagner has the call next. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. It's been Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sportsnet 360. And again, if you're listening to us via podcast, please leave us a lovely five-star review. Enjoy the baseball. We'll chat tomorrow.